Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Because I think the purpose of faith is to get human beings to live on a higher plane than the animals in the jungle and that there's something bigger going on that's bigger than all of us. And we're back. Yes, we are. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Ray. I'm with my boy, Connor. And welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast, where we come at you each and every night, Sunday through Thursday, and talk about those New England Patriots. Don't forget to head on over to patreon.com slash DPN Sports, where Sunday through Thursday, you get an additional podcast where Connor and I do it for only $5 a month. And hey, man, make sure you go over to the merch store, get some of our merch and uh, make sure you buy that Ray No Sources t-shirt because that is the one that you need to purchase. It's the nicest looking shirt on the market. Don't worry about the other No Sources shirt. It's no good. Here's our merch Port show. Dear Pats Nation in style by gearing yourself up with some DPN merchandise over at teesprings.com slash stores slash DPN. We have left the link in the description of this YouTube video and on the podcast. Oh, God, those Ray No Sources shirts are just beautiful. Are they not, Connor? They're not as nice as the Connor No Sources, but they're they're nice. Man, today I told Lawrence and I said we'd get each other some merch from our stores, and he said he's not getting involved in our little debate between the uh, the No Sources shirts. I respect that decision by him. I got a question. Did you order your own Connor No Sources shirt? I did not, no. Did you? Did I order the Connor? No. Did you order yours? I did not. No, no, I did I, not. I have my own. I have an issue with with putting my own uh, my own face on my shirt. It's bad enough that I'm. My mother has asked me for a shades cup with my picture on it for Mother's Day. Nice. That <laughs> I already feel ridiculous enough ordering a cup with my face on it. Good for her. good for her. Support the cause, right? Support it up, man. All right, dude. So last Wednesday we covered the Robert Kraft press conference. And I asked you and Sarah if you thought Kraft was sending a public message or throwing shade at Bill Belichick, and you both said no. Four days later, have you changed your opinion, or do you still believe that Kraft wasn't throwing shade at Bill? No, I I don't think Kraft really throws shade. I think he's just extremely uh, candid. He's very forthcoming and open in the interviews, which is funny because obviously most of like the Patriots aren't. So I, I think he was just kind of saying, obviously, what we all already know. I don't think it's a, a secret. He's like, the draft hasn't been great the past couple of years. Things haven't panned out. We needed to go to free agency and spend a, a ton of money. I, I think he was just coming out and being extremely honest and forthcoming. I don't think he was necessarily throwing shade. He's just kind of saying exactly what we all already knew. All right. So I'm going to be straight up with everybody. I did a lot of research for tonight. And pulled a lot of sources. And I think we should have a pretty good conversation about this. But Mike Luciano wrote, Haters of Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are always looking for any little crack in the armor to get in some cheapy di- cheap, cheeky digs at the organization. And comments from owner Robert Kraft stand as their latest attempt to create a strife and division. Kraft claimed that the secret ingredient for turning this team around is to draft and evaluate talent better, hinting that the Patriots' reason for that uh, the Patriots' roster looks so threadbare without Tom Brady is the fact that the organization from top down hasn't done a good job hitting on those evaluations. Quote, I don't feel we've done the greatest job the past few uh, the past few years, and I really hope and I believe I have seen a different approach to this year, end quote. Let's go with the assumption that Kraft wasn't purposely sending a message to Bill Belichick. 
That hasn't stopped the media and the talking heads from running with the negative headline and connotation that he was throwing it at them. Now, Robert Kraft has been the owner of the New England Patriots since 1994. Should he have not known what the reactions to his words would have been? I mean, I would imagine that he would somewhat know, but I don't think it really matters what he said. Regardless, they were going to find a negative spin. If it wasn't about that comment about the draft, they would have went back and circled around to something he said earlier or later in the interview, and they would have came out and made it something negative and tried to pin him either against Bill Belichick, against Josh McDaniels, against Cam Newton, whoever it might have been. They would have found a way to say Robert Kraft's picking on so-and-so it's just the Boston media always taking a negative spin. They took this storyline and ran with it in this direction. If they didn't have this one, it would have been another one to replace it. Now, it wasn't just the Boston media. It was the national media as well who's running with the through shade at Belichick. Um, In my opinion, I believe Robert Kraft has been around long enough to know how those words were going to resonate amongst the fan base, resonate amongst the media, resonate amongst everybody. I mean, it was on Wednesday without any prompting. This was just when we were going over the Robert Kraft interview. There hadn't been any narrative written yet. And I asked you and Sarah then, do you think that this was Robert Kraft taking a shot at Belichick? My thing is, if somebody like me, who stays on the positive side of things when it comes to the New England Patriots... And unless we're on here discrediting negative narratives can come up with a conclusion or at least ask the question of whether or not this was Robert Kraft taking a shot at Bill Belichick. I feel like Kraft should have known that his words were going to pick up steam, especially when you're an organization like New England that's always in the spotlight. Yeah, I mean, maybe he just doesn't care. You know what I mean? It's it's April. I don't think this is going to have any negative connotation on the team or on the season. I'm sure pretty soon before the draft even comes, we'll have forgotten about this and everyone will have moved on. I feel like Kraft just doesn't really care. He comes out and says whatever it is that he likes to say. He's always been pretty candid, which is, like I said before, funny because most of the team doesn't come out and say anything, but he's always pretty much said whatever it is he feels like saying. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to end up being a big deal in the end regardless. So maybe he did know that this was going to turn into a little bit of a thing, and he he just didn't really care about it. Well, I'm I'm glad you said that because that leads in perfect to my next question. And again, we're going to assume that there is no inner turmoil between Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft. But yeah, I, I don't think there is. Okay, let's go under that assumption for the sake of this. But the Patriots organization works diligently – not to say things that will get the media in a tizzy. And whether intentional or not, Kraft has clearly shook the hornet's nest with those comments. Do you think there's a possibility that Bill Belichick could be pissed that Kraft allowed this narrative to go crazy? Or is Belichick just going to be accepting that this is what happens with the media, but again remembering that The reason Bill Belichick doesn't want his players saying much to the media is to avoid this type of distraction, let's call it. I'm sure deep, like deep, deep down, Bill Belichick's not thrilled by it just because he's done this for 20 years where you don't say anything to the media. You keep everything very, you know, we're looking forward to the next game. We're going to play great. We're going to do our best. So I, I guess it kind of somewhat contradicts what he's done for the past 20 years. But at the same time, I, I don't think he's a, like too upset by it. I think he understands that Kraft just likes to do the interviews and say whatever it is that's on his mind. So I, I, don't, I don't see it being an overly negative thing in the long run in the grand scheme of things. I think that Belichick could be pissed or could be at least questioning why Belichick went out or why Kraft went out and made these comments just because the organization tries to give nothing, even from the ownership. How many times have there been, you know, controversial moments in the last 20 years or how many times have the Patriots been under pressure and Robert Kraft isn't very straight up. He does take the Bill Belichick approach. He may not be as moody or as short or grumpy as Belichick, but Robert Kraft has been just as great as Belichick of saying things without saying anything. 
you know, using words that don't really mean anything at the end of the day where he was pretty blunt here about the quarterback situation, about the draft situation, about the capital he had to spend in free agency because of the poor draft. To me, he had to have known that it was going to stir up this pot. And if he didn't, I think it was an oversight from him. Maybe it's because he was on a Zoom call. Maybe because he hasn't been in the you know public in the last year and a half. He's forgetting what the media does. But let me continue on here. Luciano continues, haters have interpreted this as a shot at Bill Belichick, who famously holds control over both the New England draft plans and the final 53-man roster. Uh, Liam McKinnon added in his piece, his comments about New England's recent draft failure spurred a discussion today, including on Get Up, in which Jeff Saturday argued passionately that Kraft was taking a shot at Bill Belichick, the man responsible for drafting by speaking these thoughts in a public forum. And then Isaiah Hood shared Saturday's comments in the article, which were, quote, 100% a shot. I think Bill needs to walk into Mr. Kraft's office and lay out their record over the past 10 years in the Super Bowls 14, 16, and 18, Saturday said. Think about how good this team has been, and you're going to take a shot at how well they've drafted. I mean, I think this is a ridiculous comment. If you look at their draft, has it been impressive? How do you describe that? I think the wins are what we're all going for. So I'll tell you, Connor, the one thing that struck me about Kraft's words was how it would affect the Patriots fan base. You and I have seen this a hundred times. Belichick can't draft. Belichick can't evaluate talent. Bill Belichick, the general manager, hinders Bill Belichick, the coach. Whether this whole thing has been blown out of proportion or not, the owner of the team came out and said that the Patriots haven't drafted well. So for those Belichick haters, when we are trying to defend Bill Belichick, they are now going to look at us and say, hey, Robert Kraft said Bill Belichick has failed on the draft. Is it fair to say that Kraft might as well, for those people, have said Belichick can't draft? Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, they could have already talked about this behind the scenes. Robert Kraft could have already sat with Belichick, and they're both on the same page, and Belichick has agreed and said the past few drafts haven't gone over great. You know what I mean? Obviously, everything gets blown out of proportion in the media, um, but they could already have talked about this in person. I don't think it's really a secret. I think Bill Belichick behind closed doors with Robert Kraft would probably admit that the past few drafts haven't been great. They might not even really be paying attention to this or know that this is even really turning into a thing. They try to avoid the media. I, I think it's being blown way out of proportion. And I think that Kraft's probably already told Bill Belichick that the past few drafts have been very poor and they need to do something better moving forward. See, but if I'm a guy like David Andrews or J.C. Jackson or Chase Winovich or Josh Uche, Jake Bailey, like, you know, go down the list. Mike on knew. Joe Tooney, who just signed a record deal. Maybe Jacoby Myers. There's people on that team who in the last few years have been drafted. Who could be looking at, in my opinion, and this is only my opinion, but could be looking at Robert Kraft right now and giving him the big FU. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I mean, obviously, over the past few seasons, they have made some good draft picks. On we knew last season, Josh Uche looks like he's going to pan out. Chase Winovich, I hope, is going to pan out. Um, I don't know who he's looking at. Maybe the tight ends. Nikhil Harry, I'm sure. Sony Michelle, maybe. Isaiah Wynn, potentially. They, he's looking at maybe the higher draft picks and saying they haven't panned out. But, yeah, I guess if you're Mike Onwenu and you just had a great season and you were taken in the fifth round, you got to be thinking, hey, why is this guy trying to throw digs when – I've panned out great for the first season already, and he's saying Belichick's draft stunk. This isn't even a question. This is just a statement. A lot of what's happened this entire offseason has everything to do with the Patriots going 7-9 last year. The yes. free agent spending, Kraft's words. You know, this was the first season since 2000 that the Patriots didn't have a winning record. Right. And I do want to just point out the factual fact that 
it's not their first losing record because Tom Brady's not there because they had a winning record in 2008. So I just want to underline that because I don't even want to yes. get into the Brady versus Belichick debate. So we can just underline that right there. But I, to me, this was just an unacceptable season for Robert Kraft. And we're known as a very entitled, I would say whiny fan base. Is Robert Kraft just a reflection of who we are? Maybe. I think Robert Kraft more, it's like he he doesn't want to accept losing and he wants to do whatever it takes to win. So he's going to come aggressively at whatever it is, the roster, Bill. He's going to come down on whoever if they're not winning. I mean, you don't get to be as big of a success and a multi-billionaire as Robert Kraft is without demanding excellence in all of your businesses. And we've all already always seen that he's extremely hands-on with the Patriots organization more than any owner. So I think after last season, they went seven and nine. He's sitting down with Bill saying, what's the plan? We need to correct this. I don't want to go seven and nine again. And I discussed this a little bit with Lawrence on Patriots Outsider earlier on. I didn't want to, but he sort of put me in this position. Because my theory is, is that Robert Kraft, the fan, has overtaken Robert Kraft, the owner at the moment. Yeah, because, I mean, maybe, yeah. Because regardless of how the Patriots do this season, New England's going to have, they're going to make like $4 billion. So yeah. the organization's going to make a lot of money. Because when you think about things, think about the comments we were getting in January. Bill Belichick has to go out. He has to get premier tight ends. He has to get premier run stoppers. He's got to get a premier pass rusher. He's got to get a stretch receiver. He did all of that. Yep. Belichick needs to address the offensive line. He did all of that. He lost Joe Tooney and somehow probably strengthened the offensive line. Right. I think you're right. I think Kraft sat down with Belichick and said, hey, this was embarrassing. Seven and nine? You're going to spend every cent of the cap space you have, which he basically did, minus what he needs for the draft pick and the $5 million they carry over to cover bonuses or, or roster movement. I also think that the reason there's a lot of smoke around the Patriots trading up for a quarterback, which I believe to be true, is coming from Robert Kraft as well. Right. When he discussed the, I'm seeing the different philosophy. Now, this could turn out to be great, and, and Robert Kraft's legacy as the owner of the New England Patriots gets even stronger. Or the reality is, this could turn around and bite the Patriots in the ass, and it won't be Robert Kraft eating it, it'll be Bill Belichick eating it. Right. Bill Belichick went out and spent a ton of money. He traded up for a bust of a quarterback. Bill Belichick can't evaluate talent. This is what happens. So Liam continued in his piece. If there's anything we know about Belichick, it's that he is perhaps the greatest objective judge of talent in regards to when his team is on the field in NFL history. If a guy is falling off, Belichick will see it and trade him before anyone else realizes what happened. If an undrafted rookie is outperforming a veteran on a massive contract in training camp, Belichick is going to play the rookie and have zero regrets. If some scheme or personnel grouping isn't working in the middle of a game, Belichick will change things up immediately. We've seen those exact situations play out over and over for two decades to great success. Now, Liam does go a little bit deeper, and we'll get into that, but he says what a lot of people who know football says. Belichick is a great evaluator. The whole Brady-made-Belichick debate started way before Brady left the Patriots. The strangest part of the entire argument is that it primarily comes from the Boston media, Patriot fans, and Skip Bayless. Yeah. It doesn't come from the other football people. And I believe that we are now at the point where I compare 50% of this fan base to Skip Bayless. But the question I have is, is the Patriots fan, if it's the, is it the Patriots fan base who came up with the Brady made Belichick argument, or is it the Brady fanboys, or is it both? Like who came up with the Brady versus Belichick argument? I think it's both. And I think the media loves it because it gives them a great talking point and it pins people against one each other and it draws a lot of attention. You obviously have a bunch of people who say Brady made Belichick. You have a bunch of people that are going to come to Belichick's defense and defend him, and it's going to create a ton of tension and a lot of, a lot of eyes and, 
it gives you a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to talk about if you're the media. So I think the fans drive it, the media drives it, and it's just this never-ending circle that's going to continue to go on for like a, like we've said another five, ten years. Because I think ten to fifteen years from now, everyone's just going to be like they were both absolutely phenomenal. But for the time being, the media, the fan base, everyone is going to continue to stir that argument. Well, Luth- had the best run of picks in recent years as evidenced by selections of like Nikhil Harry, Devin Asiasi, and Dalton Keene, but that shouldn't totally erase his decades of experience as a master talent identifier and, and developer. Luciano says that Belichick is not at war with Kraft. In fact, he probably agrees with him. Why else would he break kayfabe and outspend everyone else in free agency? Belichick is owning up to his mistakes and trying to rectify them in order to be competitive in 2021. Yeah, really sounds like a dysfunctional mess. Kraft and Belichick might not have seen eye to eye on the Brady question, but they both agree that this team can still make the playoffs this year, provided that they had a great offseason, which they did, and draft smartly. Anyone trying to insist that Kraft's comments were insults hurled at Belichick is trying to stir the pot and create unnecessary drama. Kraft has never operated like this, so why would he start now? The final part of the article is the most interesting question. Why would Kraft suddenly change how he operates? So I guess to sort of sum up this part of the argument, Whoop, you froze on me. You there? You back? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yep. How much did you miss? Did you hear my question? No, I missed the question. You said you were right about to go in the question. Okay. So is this just a media-driven story? Yeah, somewhat. I, I think it was less about Kraft trying to throw digs, and I think he was just a little bit too candid, and he just spoke a little bit too much. Because like we said, I, I agree with what this what this guy's saying in this article. I think they already talked about this. They're on the same page. Bill Belichick agrees. But – Kraft just went a little bit too far, kind of spreading everything out to the media. And he's basically telling the media what him and Bill have talked about in closed doors. So I think he was just a little bit too open. Okay. I want to touch a little bit on what Kraft said about Brady, if I can. Uh, And more about what he said about him leaving the Patriots. But before we get into that, what's your opinion? Was Tom Brady pushed out the door or did he choose to leave? No, he chose to leave, um, and I know that because if he really wanted to stay, Robert Kraft, I think Robert Kraft has let Bill Belichick run the team for the overwhelming most part of the past 20 seasons, but if Tom Brady wanted to stay, Bill Belichick, I think, had absolutely no say in it whatsoever. Robert Kraft would have given him a contract, and that would have been the end of the story. I think Brady said he wanted to go out and test free agency. Kraft gave him his blessing, and he ended up going to Tampa Bay. But if Brady said, I really want to stay in New England, he would have had a contract. So here's what Kraft said. He said, quote, look, I would have loved for him to have retired as a Patriot. Everybody knew that. But in life, things happen in a way that you have to balance a lot of things. After 20 years, I thought he was entitled to make a decision that's what he thought that he thought was best for him and where he was at. And we gave him that ability to do that. It's like a marriage sometimes. No one knows on the outside everything that's going on. And you try to balance a lot. And, you know, it is what it is. You and I both read the dynasty. Yep. And just by doing this show, we've done extensive research on the Brady Belichick relationship and kind of uncovered everything we could. So this is a very obvious question, but I need to ask it to set up my next question. Is it fair to say that the Brady Belichick relationship was strained? Yes, I would say so. As it went on, it was, it was at least somewhat strained. That's part of the reason why I think Brady wanted to leave. He made indications that he wasn't happy. He didn't feel appreciated, whatever it might have been. I I think it just kind of drifted apart after the 20 years. Okay, so here's where I want to ask my next question. Robert Kraft talked about having to balance things out. And one of the things that popped into my mind when I was prepping for the show was Kraft had the opportunity to choose Brady over Belichick. Mm -hmm. He could have told Bill things aren't working anymore. 
He could have told him Brady will be our quarterback, whether you like it or not. So make it work or you're gone. But instead he chose to allow Brady to walk away and stuck with Belichick. Why do you think Kraft stuck with Belichick over Brady? That's a really good question. I think that just kind of how the circumstances played out, Brady approached Kraft and he thought it, he was thinking about going into free agency. Kraft said, hey, if that's what you really want to do, you know, go for it. I don't know if it was necessarily where he felt like he had to pick between the two. I guess he could obviously have said to Brady, hey, if I get rid of Belichick, will you stay? But I also think Belichick's been the face of the, face of the franchise just as much Brady has been for the past 20 years. Kraft knew that it, it's probably a good idea to move forward with Belichick. Brady, if he is going to leave, is going to play a couple seasons and then be done with whatever team he went to. Um, I, I don't know. It's 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 difficult to say how he he chose over those two. So Julian Edelman came out on Saturday and he praised Bill Belichick beyond belief. I don't know if you saw this, and I'll get into that piece and what he said in a second. But Brady's best friend talking about Belichick in that light leaves me wondering. If Kraft would have chosen Brady over Belichick, is there a possibility that the locker room could have revolted against that decision? And then really, would Brady even have wanted Kraft to make that decision of choosing Bill Belichick over him? Yeah, I think it would have been a massive issue in the locker room because I think it would have been everyone's either on one side or the other. There would have been a ton of people who were happy and said, hey, we, we wanted to beat Tom Brady. Tom Brady's our guy, whatever. There would have been a bunch of other people who have always loved Bill Belichick and would have blamed Brady for pushing him out of town and causing the divide. You know, There would have been a lot of people who would have picked sides, and then it would have divided the locker room. People who really wanted Belichick to stay and continue to be the coach, and people who you know, I guess they didn't really care because they wanted to move forward with Brady anyways. So I think that would have been an issue. And this is why I like using Julian Edelman as an example, because if there's anybody who would say have an equal relationship or an equal respect level to the two guys, to Brady and Belichick, it would be Julian Edelman. Right. We know how he feels about Brady, their best friend. He's like his little brother, but we also know that he's got a ton of respect and loves Belichick. So here's what he said about Belichick. Alexandra Fornesco wrote the following. Julian Edelman puts Bill Belichick up there with the best of them, and he doesn't only mean to be confined to the National Football League. Quote, I think he's arguably the best coach in sports, Edelman said Saturday while hosting a discussion about the recent his recent drop of token artwork on the Clubhouse app. Not just football of all time, the New England Patriots receiver added. His answer was simple but passionate. Edelman shared his gratitude to have played for New England since he entered the NFL and how the examples of excellence were infectious. Connor, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. I think that's yep. undisputable, at least amongst Patriots fans, correct? I completely agree, yeah. Julian Edelman called Bill Belichick the greatest coach in sports. Yep. You could argue that the pedigree between sport and sports is a little different. Right. And considering that Belichick's impact, which you alluded to, on the entire team would be greater than Brady's impact, did Kraft have no choice but to choose Belichick? Could he have been in a situation where... He wanted to choose Brady. He was dying to choose Brady, but knew I have to choose Belichick. Yeah, potentially that could have been it as well, because I don't know how you part ways with Bill Belichick after 20 seasons. I feel like he was the face of the franchise as well. Like I was saying before, he's the GM of the team. He's been building this team for a long period of time. He's been the coach for 20 years. The relationship between him and the players is just as good as Brady and the players, as well as with Kraft, it would have been very difficult for them to move forward with Brady and then completely recreate the GM situation, the coach situation. I think it would have been just so difficult to replace Bill Belichick, although I know everyone in the chat probably right now is going not saying that he should be replaced tomorrow as coach and especially as GM, but I think it's a lot more difficult than we could ever, ever imagine. Well, and this next question what might infuriate them and your answer might tune them out. But because Kraft chose Belichick over Brady, 
Are we now in a situation or is Robert Kraft in a situation where he has to stick with his decision? Even if the Patriots were to say go 7-10 and 10 this season and Brady were to win another Super Bowl, because Kraft weighed his options last year and chose Belichick over Brady, is Kraft now in a position that he has to stick with him no matter what, and he almost has to let Belichick go out on his own terms? Yes. At this point, I think Robert Kraft will let him go out on his own terms, just like he was saying he was prepared to let Brady go out on his own terms. So I think just based on how Robert Kraft is as a person, that's what he would do. But I think he also has to commit to Bill Belichick, which I think he already has, because he's allowing him to build this team for the next three to four years as well. We saw that with the John U. Smith, the Hunter Henry, the Mad Judon signings. He signed all of these guys to three, four whatever, three to five year deals for all these guys. So he's building this team for the next three to five seasons. So I think he's committed to Bill Belichick and all of the guys that he's just invested all this money on to panning out for the next five years and hoping that they're going to win a Super Bowl and be very competitive until between now and 2025. So I think they definitely committed at this point. They're all in. They spent all that money already. Okay, let's put a bow on all of this and I'm hoping forever Connor I do not want to really revisit this subject the same way I don't want to revisit a Jimmy Garoppolo subject which FYI we probably will at some point this week because things just keep changing (laughs) but this is something like it's over now we addressed it on Wednesday from our initial reaction we've gone through the positive and the negative of this let's put a bow on this because of everything we just talked about choosing Belichick over Brady Craft is a fan over, you know, more than he is an owner, you know, have trust in Belichick. Belichick can go out his own way. At this point, would Kraft have had any motivation to publicly call out Bill Belichick? No, not really. I don't know if I'm being naive, but when I look at it, I feel like he was just speaking a little bit too openly at the time. I don't think he was deliberately doing some underlying thing where he's saying, I'm calling out Bill Belichick and I want to, you know, stir the pot and get things going and light a fire under him or anything like that. I think he was just kind of speaking about things they had already talked about. I think it's going to be no big deal. I think the relationship with Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft is fantastic. Maybe I'm being naive, but I, I don't see them having any issues. All right, guys, we are going to get your comments in just a second. But right now, I want to remind you to head on over to patreon.com slash DPN sports, where you will get an exclusive podcast, just like the one you're listening to right now, Sunday through Thursday, the same schedule we have here on YouTube and the podcast networks, except it's exclusive only to Patreon members. We do charge a $5 membership fee to the Deer Patch Nation Loyalty Club, but that's all we charge. There's no tiers. You don't get anything extra if you pay more. You get five additional podcasts per week, plus every two weeks we do host a live stream exclusively for Patreon members. Our next one is this Friday, and we actually invite people right on screen with us. I think we had nine people on the last one, and we just had, Connor and I did the least amount of talking. Everybody else just talked, but we piped in. We asked questions. We had it going. You can check it on out over at patreon.com slash Sports. $5 a month. We're going to take a quick call pause for the cause here you're going to hear from our sponsors over at manscape.com the rocky mountain barber company and hear about our merch shop one more time when we come back after the break connor will start popping the questions on the screen you can get your male hygiene and grooming tools and take care of everything below your belt from manscape.com and use the promo code rayroute and you'll save yourself 20 percent and get free international shipping so take care of your boys and get all of your male hygiene and grooming tools at manscape.com Visit RockyMountainBarber.com and get all the products you need to take care of your hair, beard, and skin. Get their small batch, all-natural beard bombs and oils, pre-shave oils, lotions, hair products, razor blades, and so much more. Visit Rocky Mountain Barber Company and use the promo code RAYROUTE and save 5% off all your orders. Get your small batch hygiene products at RockyMountainBarber.com. Support Deer Pats Nation in style by gearing yourself up with some DPN merchandise over at teesprings.com slash stores slash DPN. We have left the link in the description of this YouTube video and on the podcast. And we're back. Yes, we are. And right before we get your comments, I want to introduce you to the new segment called The Daily Fan. This is a creative writing piece that I have taken on myself. I'll let you decide whether this is fiction or reality. But this week or today, 
at least I wrote about Nigel O'Shanahan. And Nigel O'Shanahan said he was surprised but not deterred after the New England Patriots made a succession of free agent signings in March. Now, though most NFL fan bases have come to dreadful conclusions that the Patriots will be improved this upcoming season, Patriots fan O'Shanahan says that can't stop the wave of negativity felt across New England. Quote, I understand that Belichick spent a lot of money and the team looks improved, but I'm confident Belichick is still going to be able to screw up the draft and we will have something to complain about, end quote. <laughs> Though people outside of New England may be confused, whereas it's the norm for fan bases to cheer for their team's success, Patriot fans find more enjoyment in the failures. Now, while you'd think that six Lombardi trophies would have uh, deterred some of the obsessive whining, O'Shanahan says that Belichick and Kraft haven't done enough to convince him that the Patriots is actually a winning organization. Quote, people always talk about the six Super Bowls, but how many Super Bowls has Belichick won without Tom Brady? O'Shanahan continued saying, what about the three we lost? What about the four AFC championships they lost? Why do people always act like six Super Bowls are enough? <laughs> the Patriots will be competing in an AFC East division that includes the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. O'Shanahan said that he preferred New England come dead last, but he's not sure that the New York Jets have done enough to leapfrog the Patriots. This guy was interviewed outside of a Dunkin' Donuts in Southie. That's my that's my guess. That's your guess? That's my guess. <laughs> Let us know in the comments. Let us know in the chat. Do you think that was a real quote an article like i wrote the article but do you think that was real quotes that i put together for the article or do you think that that was fiction how well do you know the patriots fan base let's see all right connor you can start popping up some comments while people are concluding their answers we got one here from kevin stewart he says we leaned on getting low budget free agent wide receivers and we lost our way by bringing wide receivers like ab and josh gordon we even signed a wide receiver from arizona that fell asleep drunk at a stoplight from god's sakes well, that, that was uh, what's his name? That was a long time ago. That yeah, and like he didn't. He got. He was a, or something. Yeah, and he was a healthy. They won the Super Bowl that year, I believe. Yeah. And, he, and he was a healthy scratch for that whole Super Bowl run. Yeah, yeah, but I rem I remember that. But they've brought they brought people, and I mean, back in 07, they brought in Randy Moss. And Josh Gordon was on the team for most of that 2018 run. He missed the playoffs, but he, he was in was, for that. He was cheap. He didn't. He didn't garner a lot of money. I wouldn't say they lost their way in that thing. And they brought in guys like Kenny Britt. They've yeah. always sort of, they brought in Chad Ochocinco back in 2011. You know, if you go all the way back, and I agree. And listen, having Tom Brady on the team makes a massive difference as well because he can elevate some of the budget receivers, as you call them. But I just think that I don't think they necessarily lost their way. That's where I would disagree, I guess. We got a super chat here from King Cato 21 says unhappy fans don't buy merch. Kraft was helping his wallet with his overshare. Um, honestly, man, I, I don't know if I'm out of my mind, but I think Robert Kraft is so insanely wealthy. That wouldn't even cross his mind. How much money is he going to make off of, off of the, uh, the merchandise? I think the guy's worth like $5 billion. Maybe, maybe, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I think that the NFL is such a great business that Robert Kraft doesn't really care about the individual earnings of the New England Patriots. I'm sure he does in some sense. There is a business side to him, obviously, that cares about making money. You don't get into business unless you care about making money. Right. But at the end of the day, like I think I said last week, nobody's going to stop watching. And even if you do, you're just a drop in the bucket of a lot of people. People are still going to buy the merch. I'm still on a daily basis seeing posts online of people buying Patriot stuff. I mean, people buy our merchandise. We know right. that. Somers just posted one. We have people who sign up for our Patreon club and they post it on Twitter. So people will always buy merch. And I'm sure that we ir irritate people a lot more than the New England Patriots do. I think at the end of the day, the New England Patriots pocketbook will do just fine. I think, uh, yeah, I think they'll be good there. We got one here from uh, William H. Music 2021. He says, Brady is a better coach. <laughs> Has Brady been coaching? Has he been moonlighting? I know that uh, down there in Tampa Bay, they let him be the coach, right? I think Bruce Arians said they let him be the coach. I think Tom Brady would be an awful coach, to be honest with you. I've said that to you in the past. Yeah. Just because he is so good and has a work ethic that nobody would be able to match. Yep. That I believe, just the same way Wayne Gretzky was a terrible coach or the way Michael Jordan's a terrible general manager. I just believe that like big, big superstars like that don't make great coaches. And I think that Tom Brady in particular 
was just too good and too smart. Even if he didn't have the same physical talents, it's like saying Aaron Rodgers, his brain more than made up for it that made him such a goat and such a, a closer and such a finisher that I don't think he will know how to coach a guy who, when there's pressure on him to win, who doesn't get it the way he gets it. Right. Yeah. And a lot of the time it just doesn't translate. People think because you're an incredible player, you're automatically being an incredible coach. The overwhelming majority of great coaches in this league weren't great NFL players or didn't play in the NFL at all. They're, we Cliff go around the, they're Cliff Kingsbury. Right, exactly. It's 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 just there there aren't anybody who's really been a star that's ever translated into being a star coach that I can think of. And I would say that Mike Vrabel was a star in New England, but I don't think he's a guy yeah. who other fan bases look on back on and say, oh, Mike Vrabel, one of the all-time best pass rushers. Like, I don't no, think right. they do that. I don't I don't think he's gonna he's gonna make it to the Hall of Fame or anything. All right, we got a uh super chat here from John Colfit. He says, How can Bill Belichick be considered the greatest coach ever when he has a losing record without Tom Brady? That's a good question, but it's also a much smaller sample size. The overwhelming majority of his career has been with Tom Brady, which it's just how it played out. He came to New England. Drew Bledsoe got injured. Tom Brady came in, and then for 20 seasons, he played and was astronomically successful with Tom Brady. Prior to that, he had a three- or four-year stint in Cleveland. They made the playoffs once and had a pretty good year. He won two Super Bowls as the defensive coordinator. And then in New England, he had Tom Brady for 20 seasons. It was the two of them. You know, it, if you I, If you take away his Cleveland record and, and wipe away his Cleveland record, he's had a winning record in New England without Tom Brady. Right. He went 10 and five without Tom Brady. Technically it should have been 11 and five because Brady played like three downs before he was injured in 2008, but they would, they'll give Brady the win. So from a record standpoint, or it's close because they had the bad 2000 season. Um, yeah. It's a ridiculous question because I think, you know, the answer. And if you don't, I still think, you know, the answer. Name me a great coach that has had long-term sustainability without great players. And, and and that's the the overcoming of it. You know, who's Phil Jackson without Kobe and Jordan? Right. You know, who's who's Doc without the big three? Who's Nick Nurse without Kawhi? And I'm not saying Nick Nurse is a great coach. It's just a, a more recent example. Who's Terry Francona without Big Poppy? Right. Yeah, I feel like it's always a combination. You can look at any great team with the coach and be like, oh, they had these great players. But it, it, it's both. It takes the whole thing. It takes the entire thing from the coach to the owner. Everyone has to just all gel in order for them to be successful. Because when you look at it, like Tom Brady had very little to do with a 13-3 to Super Bowl win. Right. That had everything to do with Bill Belichick just completely owning Sean McVay. Everybody in the football world has said that. Yep. And I'm sure there's other games you can point to. Great coaches have great players. Great players have great coaches. It, that's how you win stability. That's how you win championships. That's why LeBron gets coaches fired because right. they need coaches that can coach those type of superstars. Uh, baseball is – you see it so much better in baseball by managers. You have managers who get the young players to a certain point, and then you bring in the manager who can manage the egos of superstars. Yeah. You know, John Gibbons is a veteran manager, whereas the current Blue Jays manager is a young manager for the young players, right? And, and at some point, that that group in Toronto is going to get really, really good, and they're going to have to bring in a new manager who can manage the superstars. And football is the same. Every great football coach has had great players. No, I, I completely agree. We got uh... – and Brent's, Brent Gustafson saying the same thing. Bill won two Super Bowls with the Giants as a D coordinator. But again, I think Bill Parcells should get the the, the biggest nod for that, being the head coach. But yeah. it, that team was a defensive team. They also had Lawrence Taylor. So was Belichick a good defensive coach, or did they have one of the you know the greatest defensive player to ever play the game? You get what I'm saying? You can make the, the argument above, either yeah. which way. Would right. Lawrence Taylor have been so great without Bill Belichick? I don't even want to ask that stupid question. I'm asking it just to prove the point. Right. All right we got people here commenting back to uh, who was it? O O'Shanahan was that his name? Mr. O Nigel O'Shanahan. 
Nigel Shanahan. Is he fake or is he a real person? Big MGM here says real. Let's see who else we got here. Brent Gustafson says probably real. Who else do we have here? Uh, King Cato says mixture of both. On the fan comment. <laughs> who else a do lot, we have? A lot more reels than, than fakes. Dennis Dennis here is saying true. I think he's saying real there. Should I give the reveal or should I wait till the end? Dennis, Dennis is saying cap though here. Sean LaRoche says I think it's true. I think so, that's I think that's the majority of the people that comment commented in here on it. This article was fake. Ah. I made up all those comments. But you see how our fan base is that people believe Roy that that was it. a true person. <laughs> Roy got it. It was fake. Roy, congratulations. I will do another article tomorrow, and you guys will have to tell me if it is fact or fiction. I like to say, though, the name sounded real as well. That sounds like somebody that would have been in Boston. Well, I did. I picked an Irish name on purpose. I picked an Irish name. I wanted to be a pure mass. Pure mass. It makes sense. It makes sense. And just so you guys know, I have a mixture. I've been like interviewing people that i've met on twitter and gotten comments from them so i will be throwing out a mixture of fake and real and i want you to tell me if they're a real fan or not i like it but nigel is fake he was this are that article and those responses were a figment of my imagination but i'm sure a lot of people believed real because i think a lot of us have heard some of that nonsense before absolutely 100 percent. there was somebody out there and with a similar name in a similar area saying similar things <laughs> <laughs> what's the most negative part of of mass oh, all of it all right <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got uh we got an interesting one here from from jake jake hensley says stidham taking us deep this year watch so uh, let me put it this way i don't think so if you're right I will give the biggest hat tip in the world. If Jared Stidham comes out and leads this team and brings them into the playoffs, Connor and I have no choice but to come on here and eat a shit sandwich. Yeah, I'm I'm going to have to. I was going to say I'll move to Canada, but then you're in Canada. I'm going to have to move to Mexico or something. I yeah, can't and- come out if Jared Stidham take, starts and takes this team to the playoffs. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, we're just, we're just going to have to come here and say we were completely wrong. That being said, though, we're completely wrong a lot, so it wouldn't be anything new to us. Yep. I feel like this one would take the cake, though. I think we are the dumbest people in the world with an audience. That's a good point. Next to Ben Valen. Next to Ben (laughs) Valen. That is fair. That is like a step below. Yeah. (laughs) Are we going right here from the hook, Mike? He says 10 Super Bowls total, six Super Bowl wins, one losing record in 20 years. Fire him. Get him out of here. Fire him. There was nine Super Bowls, though, wasn't it? Nine. I think Kraft nine. has ten Super Bowls. Kraft has ten, yeah. But wasn't... I think Belichick was on that team, wasn't he? Um, I wasn't forget. Like a... I, rem- I, I remember now that we read the Dynasty. I think he was. I, I think, think he was. He, correct if this he is what was... he's trying to say here. He was a special assistant to Bar- to Parcells at that time. Yes, he did something important because I remember when they were taking the plane back, Bill Belichick was talking to the defense after they lost and was telling like coaching them up, telling them like they're all going to be stars in the league and like to keep their heads held high. And isn't that when Willie McGinnis like told everybody you better show up to to train tomorrow? No one's going right. home. Yes. I remember that now. SM down nine says it was it was right though, so it may have been fake, but it was telling the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good one, man. I like that. Oh man. Yeah, I got no response. Good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Let's see here. Uh Phoenix Rising from the Ashes says, show just starting, watch the win now, champ ring claiming already. I don't know what that means. I'm not sure either, but uh Win now, champ ring, claiming already. I don't know. Is that you? I hope so. <laughs> I, I I have multiple champion rings in fantasy football, if that counts for anything. 
Roy Crosby says need Stidham on the Red Sox. <laughs> um, need you need point, anybody need on anybody. the Red Sox. Yeah. I, I will take uh, Stidham. I mean, he doesn't look like he's going to work out as the quarterback for the Patriots. So if he wants to come over to the Red Sox, I mean, he, he can take a number of people's spots after the first few games they've had. If it makes you all feel better, the New York Yankees don't have a catcher. I watched, I watched Gary Sanchez get two errors in three games. He had a batter's interference today. He can't, he can't stay still behind the plate. He's so badly trying to frame it that he's just messing up the umpire. He's actually an awful bat catcher. Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. You do not see a lot of catcher interferences. No, that? it's an auto- automatic single, right? Automatic base, yeah. Yeah. And, when, and he was trying to frame a pitch, and that's how it happened. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's, that's not a good start for them either, but it's very early. I still think the Yankees are going to be unbelievable. But a very good start for the Toronto Blue Jays, who I think everybody was questioning their pitching, and, and they've had yep. two out of three good days of pitching. Yeah, very good today. They they won 3-1 to one versus what is going to be a really good Yankees lineup. So good good for the good for the Yankees. I mean, good for the Blue Jays. But what about NFL, those Baltimore Orioles, man? Like, the best team in baseball. About, at this point, they are the best team in baseball. I mean, how... How can you say anything? They came out and beat the Red Sox in Fenway Park for his three games in a pretty convincing fashion and are now the front runner in the uh, AL East. You have to read this question. NFL Talks says, who in this chat is a Bill Belichick hater? I'd like to give them a piece of my mind. Who dares to question the genius? That is correct. Who dares to question him? This is NFL Talk. This is NFL Talk, who is a big Belichick fan and says that he thinks Bill Belichick is a certified genius. Did did you did you pay him to say this? He also followed up with Connor I hate trolls. <laughs> <laughs> uh um yeah, usually he comments about 15 to 20 times a night saying that Bill Belichick should be fired. And I think that was a troll to to us. I think it was, I think I it was a troll to us as well. Oh, the, the hook Mike right here did some uh, research for us. I like this breakdown right here. 2012, uh, Dante Hightower. 2013, Jamie Collins. 2014, James White. 2015, Trey Flowers. 2016, Joe Tooney. 2017, Dietrich Weiss. 2018, Sony Michelle. Not bad picks. You missed uh, Chandler Jones in 2012 as well. Chandler Jones, yes, sir. Missed, missed a few people in there, but that was a great breakdown. I appreciate you putting all that stuff in I there for us. The- yeah, absolutely. I think those were their first picks, right? Because Dietrich was yeah. like a second-round pick, I believe. But yeah, no. And I mean, look, you, you could look at Joe Tooney, right? You could look – oh, he has Joe Tooney. <laughs> you can look at Mike on Wiener. You can look at Chase Winovich. You can look at uh, uh, Josh Uche. There, there's guys that you can put in there, absolutely. Uh, look, it's we say it all the time. He, he hasn't drafted Antonio Brown. He hasn't drafted DK Metcalf. He hasn't drafted Nick Chubb. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where the problem comes. And he missed on – on his last three skilled positions and his two tight ends and his wide receiver. So, you know, look, I don't think Connor and I sit here and pretend like he's been great in the draft. I just think that the negative connotation and the narrative around Bill Belichick right now is what we sort of disagree with. Yeah, for me, it's just the fact that it's always like he can't draft at all, he can't draft anyone, then we can come with a list of like 10 names that were – phenomenal draft picks that doesn't take away from the fact that yeah of course they missed on some of these guys and it's similar to like the cam newton thing it's like you go back and look yeah cam had you know a lot of things against him but it doesn't mean he didn't throw a bunch of balls at people's feet so you got to look at both sides same thing with belichick he's made a bunch of great draft picks and then some people like Nikhil harry have just been a swing and a miss so both things can be true yeah yeah i agree Kinkato 21, a.k.a. Joe. He wants to know how the presidential campaign's going for you. It's going well. I have some time to figure it out. The Patriots offseason has derailed me a little bit from my campaign, but I believe at this time that I, I'm standing on a good platform. I promise to make the Patriots great again. That's all I care about. Um, I'm a, a mapper. Yes. <laughs> I like I like that one a lot better. I think we got to put some Ray twenty twenty four shirts in the merch store. Hundred percent, I agree. I don't know. We should have thought of that, huh? Ray That's and Connor. One. Well, you're Connor. You're my vice president. So that's true. It's anybody who's new to this. Man, going to be a big year. 
anybody who's new to this podcast, um, I anybody who's new to this podcast, just so you know, I did have a presidential vote for president of the United States in the state of Massachusetts. That is correct. I have it. Somebody sent me the photo evidence, yeah. and I have it framed on my wall. And it was not me because I am not from Mass. In fact, I'm not even from the United States of America. Technically. I'm not eligible to be president of the United States, but Connor and I are figuring that out. We'll work that out. We'll, we'll make something happen. Chilltown Majors here says, Pete Carroll is not a bad, not bad of a coach when he was in New England and did have a losing record. Yeah, Pete Carroll was all right when he was here. I kind of missed him, but reading in the dynasty seemed like he was okay, but well, Bill Belichick took it to the next level. It's funny because I wasn't sure where to go with the Robert Kraft article today. Yeah, not the article because I did. It was a bunch of articles. But when I was doing the prep, the topic, when I was doing the prep and doing the research, there was a couple of different places I thought about going, but I was trying to keep it more on the positive side of things. I brought balance to it, like I tried to bring both sides. But there was two really big asterisks that I debated going over. Maybe I'll go over it now quickly with you, but you know. Now that we've gotten past that half hour, because usually by this point, a majority of our audience isn't watching anymore besides people who understand us. Yeah. Um, so there was two things. And the first one was the coaching. And I was thinking if there was some inner turmoil, Robert Kraft has had three coaches since he bought the team. Bill Parcells, Pete Carroll, and Bill Belichick. Bill Parcells and Pete Carroll both left the Patriots with a bad taste in their mouth. They did. Not just for the organization, but for Robert Kraft personally as well. Yes. And I thought to myself, if Bill Belichick, after the 20 years he gave or 20 plus years that he gave Robert Kraft, if he walked away with a bad taste in his mouth, would we as fans have to start questioning Robert Kraft as the owner of the team? And how much, how much we did learn in the dynasty, how involved he is in the Patriots operations and roster operations. It's not Bill Belichick doesn't have full autonomy. Like we thought he did. Right. We learned that in the dynasty. And I thought if, if this was a shot at Belichick and he were to walk away with a bad taste in his mouth, that's all three of his coaches walking away upset at the organization. Right. I, I think at this point, it's been such a long tenure with Bill Belichick it's longer than Pete Carroll and Bill Parcells combined. He's been with the team for 20-plus years. He's still going. I fully expect him to retire with the Patriots and never go coach with another team. So I don't think he's necessarily going to walk away, and I think they've become such good friends over the span of the time that no matter what happens with Belichick, that they're going to remain on good terms. But that that is true. The the last two guys that that have walked away, it's, it's been an issue with them. To this well, day, no. I still don't think Bill Parcells probably likes Kraft. No, and what I was getting at was what if. It was the what if piece. Right. And that's kind of what I left it out because it was really a big what if. And I didn't want to I didn't want to go down that road of the what if. But the what if was like, what if Belichick walks away with a bad taste in his mouth? Right. You've now you 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 let the greatest quarterback of all time walk away, and now you let the greatest coach of all time walk away mm-hmm. with a bitter taste in his mouth. What does that say about you as an owner and how much was it those two compared to you of why there was success on this team? Right. And that's the thing too, because he'd be the last man standing at that point. Once Brady walks away, now Belichick walks away. The only person left from the dynasty for the past 25, 30 years is Robert Kraft at that point. Yeah. And again, I left that out of our major topic because it fit what we were talking about, but I thought because I was trying to keep a balance, that went way too negative, so I kept that out of there. And then the other piece was the quarterback succession. Bill Belichick often takes the heat and the punch on the chin for not having a plan for after Tom Brady. Right. But it was Robert Kraft who ensured there was no plan for after Tom Brady because, as we know, Belichick was ready to move on from Tom Brady after 2017. I'm not saying it was a good reason or bad reason. I'm not saying that leaving Garoppolo. But yep. that was the first time he really interfered. Yes. And I it remember – but where I got – where what I was going with this was, it wasn't uh, was it the right decision. We know it was the right decision. The Patriots won a Super Bowl. But it was the way he kind of – the words that were that were the, that were coming out from the you know the media was Robert Kraft's walking around saying we'll just draft another quarterback, right? Like as if quarterbacks just grow on trees, as right. if for 
Because for every Tom Brady, there's a Nathan Peterman. For every Aaron Rodgers, there's a Jared Goff. Yep. And to me, it was, again, this was breaking into my whole entitled thing, like as the owner. Because as an owner, up until last season, Robert Kraft had Drew Bledsoe, who, by the way, the year after Tom Brady was drafted, Robert Kraft decided to give Drew Bledsoe a 10-year contract and make him the highest paid quarterback or player in NFL history at the time. And almost put the Patriots in a position, if it wasn't for a catastrophic injury, put the Patriots in a position that Tom Brady would have never seen the field because as we learned in the dynasty, Bill Belichick wanted to start Tom Brady in the 2001 season over Drew Bledsoe, but knew Robert Kraft would go ballistic because he just made Drew Bledsoe the highest paid football player in the history of the NFL. Yep. So because Kraft insists on negotiating the quarterbacks or the, the contracts of quarterbacks and taking that out of Bill Belichick's hands, he almost actually interfered on what turned into the real dynasty. And we could have seen that be an issue again. I mean, everyone's like, oh, Tom, I mean, uh, Bill Belichick didn't have a replacement for Tom Brady and he didn't have a plan after Brady left. Massive issue there is that he was doing the negotiating with Robert Kraft for all he could have known because he was kind of left out of it. He went to Robert Kraft's house and told him he was leaving and Kraft said he was going to do whatever it takes for him to sign. So Bill Belichick was kind of the odd man sitting out. Brady was going to Kraft and they were talking about it. Kraft, I think, thought he was going to sign Brady and keep him. And then when he left, it was kind of like, now what are we going to do? Yeah, and that was my whole thing about the Kraft, because I wasn't happy with Kraft's comments, like if I'm being perfectly honest. Because I did feel like there was a little bit of a throwing under the bus. Yeah. And then zero accountability coming from Kraft. But if you do your research, guys, and we've presented it on here many a times, Robert Kraft is very involved in the Patriots yeah. roster selection, especially at quarterback. But the accountability always seems to fall on Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft with everything, whether it's this, whether it's um, special massages, whether it's anything, the accountability piece always seems to disappear when it's on him. People may not want to hear this. He hung Bill Belichick out to dry during Spygate in 2007, which is fine. By accepting the million-dollar fine and loss of a draft pick, he hung Tom Brady out to dry for a deflate gate. Yeah. He may say that, oh, we thought if we did that, they'd go lighter on Brady. No, you basically admitted guilt at that point by not even appealing it. Your group went out and trying to make a documentary that Bill Belichick had nothing to do with. The Patriots don't have their third-round pick this year because of you. Again, no accountability coming from you as the owner. You shipped Jimmy Garoppolo out of town, which was the replacement for Tom Brady. But then you turn around and say, well, we need to get the pay the, the quarterback situation solidified. Right. There's a lot of passing the buck. He loves to stand on stage and hold the trophy and say, we are all Patriots. But when it comes to taking accountability for things, he kind of disappears into the shadows right yeah we we have seen that i mean comment here from dwight says uh craft brought us in this qb situation um it, it's tough because i think then he looks at it and wants things to be fixed immediately you know what i mean as the owner of the team he's like i want this to be better but it starts from the top down yeah any super chats no super chats no sir all right here let's call that a night then connor Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, I had nothing to set up, so I'm just going to ask Connor, tell me about those Patriots, man. They are going to be legit, kid. Because I think the purpose of faith is to get human beings to live on a higher plane than the animals in the jungle, and that there's something bigger going on that's bigger than all of us. And
everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests the blue hotel hotline and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel Begins Friday, September 23rd. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.